Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to Keeping It Real with Caroline and Sophie. We are delighted that you're all listening in again and very appreciative of all your lovely warm support and encouragement. And we are super excited today to have a very special lady with us in our kitchen. And uh, we're going to be talking about her remarkable journey from being diagnosed with something very frightening, having a family tragedy, and then really finding the strength and courage to heal from the inside out. Today is all about sharing with you guys the story of a woman who a few months ago was diagnosed with something that not only shocked her, but took her by such a surprise because she's actually a really healthy woman, fit as a fiddle, really had taken care of herself through her lifestyle, through her eating, She's going to tell you her story herself. A very well, very warm welcome to you, Valentina. Hi, Caroline. Hello, Sophie. Hello. It's so nice to have you here on our kitchen on this gorgeous, gorgeous sunny day. And I've now known you for a number of years and uh, you look no different, literally, oh. from the first time that I saw you, oh, you and which I find even more remarkable. And I keep saying remarkable because I know that you've been through a really, a really extraordinary time and I'd love you to share with our listeners and Valentina and I came closer together when I lost my father but also my grandmother because Valentina has also experienced a loss of very close family members and knows how traumatic it is um so she very very sweetly reached out to me at this time and and I've as a result of that also been able to follow the journey that Valentina has been on for the last many months and I'd love you Valentina to share with us and our lovely listeners um what happened to you about six months ago okay so um I'll start out of the well I'll say out of the blue but about a year ago I started to experience breathing difficulties and um I'd lost my mother um, a few, well, about a year before that. And so when I went to the GP, they felt that, every GP that I saw, they felt that it was probably anxiety, bereavement anxiety. And they would listen to my chest and my breathing. I, I do various breathing exercises and they would say, well, there's nothing really untoward here. So off I went to get bereavement anxiety support and counselling, but my breathing didn't improve. And actually, it was getting worse. And so I got to the point where I was starting to sound like a seal. So this is about a year into it. And um, I'd seen a private guy and an NHS specialist, and both had performed x-rays, but nobody had sent me for a CT scan. 
Shockingly, actually. But anyhow, neither the private or the NHS respiratory consultant thought to do that. So eventually Richard said, why don't you go and see my private specialist? He's had a number of asthma attacks and been in hospital. And off I went. And when I walked into his office, he he could hear me and he said, has anyone done a CT scan? And I said, no, not at all. And he said, now, downstairs, go and do one immediately. And I could see from the look on his face that he was concerned. And up until this point, I really hadn't been worried about my breathing at all. I really, I thought I might have pneumonia or something like that. I genuinely did not expect what happened next. I went downstairs um, at the Harley Street Clinic and I had, um, they put me through the CT machine and this never happens, but the girl came out with the disc and she said, are you going back upstairs to see him? And I said, no, I'm going, I'm coming back next week. And she said, no, you go upstairs now. Oh, no. So I knew at this point that this was something quite big because I could be, I'm quite good at reading people's faces. Mm. And um, I went to see him, but he'd left. And um, a phone call came the next day and he said, and his PA said, so, um, Mrs. Walton, would you, um, is somebody going to come with you to the follow-up appointment? Um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Navani, that's my specialist, he feels it would be good if you had mm. somebody with you. So I knew at that point it was serious. And um, I said, well, my husband's not here. And actually, I'm going to be okay. I I now know that this is going to be something quite major. So she said, well, I can't say. I couldn't possibly say. But it would be nice if you had somebody with you. And um, so I was prepared. I was prepared for what was coming. And um, I sat down. And the next day, or a couple of days later, and he said, look, Mrs. Wharton, this isn't good. Um, there is a mass, there's a three and a half centimetre mass in your left lung, in the, and it's blocking, it's starting to invade the pulmonary artery. So it oh needs to goodness. come out, and it needs to come out quickly. Wow. And in that moment, I made a choice. I, I, I heard, I processed that news, and I thought, well, I can panic, mm. and I can slowly start to unravel, or I can put my trust in God and think that this is part of the journey that I'm meant to be on wow. and, yeah. um, and accept it wow. and not fight it and, um, and use my energy to just focus on getting through it. And uh, he turned the screen down I had, around and I had a look at it. And then because I'd had endometriosis, um, I battled for, with endometriosis for many, many years, I said, well... It, Can you explain what endometriosis, endometriosis is? Endometriosis is a condition where cells which are similar to the lining of the womb um, are found elsewhere in your body. Now, for some women, that can cause great pain and fatigue and suffering and um, immune deficiency um, symptoms, so constantly being run down. Um, In my case, um, it led to me needing a hysterectomy. I had, um, I had, well, I had what's called stage four endometriosis. So it attacked my ureter, which is the the um, tube that leads to the kidney and the bladder. It was on my bladder, my bowel, my rectum. Um, I had, so I've had benign. Most of the tumours were benign endometrial tumours I've had removed before. So. I have been through so surgery. you've kind of been prepared in a way yes, for this many, moment. Absolutely. Yeah. So part, I guess that this in itself um, wasn't the first time that I was facing surgery. I'd mm. had seven rounds of surgery oh prior to this. 
So the idea of oh. needing to have surgery, in fact, when he turned the screen round and he showed me this mass, I said, well, it might be an endometrioma because I'm quite knowledgeable in this subject. And he said, actually, I don't think it is. Um, he said, I think that's highly unlikely, but I like your positive oh. <laughs> outlook. Oh. He said, I think this is a tumour. He said, and I'm afraid um, we're going to need to biopsy that almost immediately and get you in for surgery as soon as possible because of the position of it. The position mm. was what was... Had it been anywhere else... I wouldn't, it wouldn't have been such big surgery, but it started to block. Do and my lung had collapsed. Oh my so I'd been goodness. walking around with a, oh a partially gosh. collapsed lung. Do you think? Well, I'm not surprised yeah. that you couldn't breathe properly. Exactly. Walking around with a collapsed lung, and no one could see that on an x ray. No. Okay, so, so you're given this uh, awful news. Do you think you felt in that moment. Um, relieved that you were going to have the surgery immediately so that whatever it was in you was coming straight out so yes there was a sense of relief mm. that something had been found yeah and I as I say I think I chose I made a choice it is about choice I mm. made a choice I wasn't going to be frightened by yeah. the whole experience and um which is because very I hard I don't know how you found the strength I, I most people would collapse in a ball of tears well I think as Valentina just said I decided to put my faith in God mm. you know if you if you can do that which is extraordinarily powerful if you have that connection mm. and that faith um it, it's probably the greatest comfort also that you kind of hand it over and because it is mm. so big but if you can have a faith that's bigger than the size of your fear yes then I think that is yeah. Amazing. You're saving grace. I think, I think you've hit the nail on the head mm. there, Caroline. Absolutely. That faith was greater than my fear, and that's what carried me through. But my journey with endometriosis mm. or my experience with endometriosis meant that I'd also done a lot of research over mm. the years into alternatives and natural mm. therapies. And um, and I'd worked for a year. One of I, My background is in PR and marketing, and, um, and I'm also, I'd worked for a year for an oncology clinic in Harley Street, which again, I think, had um, given me an insight into cancer yeah. and tumours and treatments. And I'd been exposed to an industry or a field where I'd learnt a lot. It of... wasn't alien to you. No, yeah. my, my father was a yeah. breast cancer surgeon Gosh. at the Marsden. So, wow. yes, absolutely. So again, I'd grown up in a very medical family. Where... So you kind of felt you could deal with this and you were going to get rid of it and you were going yep. to get over it, yep. which and is I... exactly what you've done. Yep. I mean, and I was still at this here. point thinking it could be benign. Yes. We didn't know. Yes. He was presuming, you know, most doctors, they see cancer and they see a mass and they think it's cancerous and they, they assume it to be often yeah. malignancy. So I've got to ask you at this point in time, you're looking at this mass through the computer. What are you feeling in your gut? Are you thinking this is going to be okay? Like, what is your gut feeling about this whole thing? Because I think, again... That power of the also is mind. very much yeah. the power of your journey. Yeah. Okay, so I'm thinking I'm not going to let this beat me, mm. and this is going to be all right. This mm. is, I'm going to turn this around. Whatever this is, I'm going to get this. I am going to get through this. Mm. I mean, I was not going to be defeated because I felt that this. Oh, this is going to sound really corny, mm. but I felt I was. I really wanted this to sort of almost be a blessing and a turning point in my life. And I didn't want to see it as a curse. Mm. Does that make yes. sense? Yeah. It makes a lot of sense, Valentina. I remember having a conversation with you. I don't know if it was the night before your surgery 
or a couple of days before the surgery. And what was incredible when speaking to Valentina was the fact that she was saying, you know what, this is actually one of life's greatest favors because it is making me slow down. Mm. It is making me eliminate people and things that I shouldn't be having in my life because they're having a toxic negative Mm. effect on my life. This is giving me a chance. And the biggest reason to take away what I shouldn't have in my life anyway. And I think that perspective, Valentina, is so extraordinary and so admirable and so completely inspirational. I love it. And I think it's that moment of you either panic and crumble or you stand up and you face it and you fight. And it's a moment of clarity. And it's actually, listen, I, you know, what you've been through is above and beyond anything that I can ever imagine. And I hope to God that none of, our friends and us go through it and well done you for handling it face on but I think that moment in clarity is if you're strong is such a gift because you suddenly see your life for what it should be for what you want it to be and you're thankful would you agree Valentina that in that moment and 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 a lot of people of course need to take that time to process it but then there comes a time when you have to make a decision and it's in that moment that some people say this is too much I can't deal Mm. or as you Whatever it is, I'm going to turn it around. I am going to make this Mm. the most important and positive fight that I've ever done in my life. Mm. I'd love to hear about your fight. Well, as I say, I didn't want to presume it was malignant. I went into surgery. Well, I say I went into surgery. I went into... So the first, what happened next was he says, we need to get you in for... Um, a biopsy Mm. so they put you under to take a biopsy is when they take a small sample of the Mm tumour and then they know what they're looking at Um, is that so that was so um, in my case they I think he put an instrument so I was sedated they put an instrument down into the lung and they cut away and take a small part of the tumour oh gosh and um, that goes off to pathology to be examined and um and the results, can I, there's a couple of, there's a bit of a wait for those results. You don't mm. get those immediately. And in that time, that is, yeah, those are hard days. Yes. How many days? I don't remember exactly. I would say maybe a week. Oh, gosh, that's a long time. That I must mean, have felt like a year. I think it's because they need to see. Um, it's <sighs> so anyway, a whole were, week yeah, of not and, knowing. Yeah, not knowing. And also you're trying you to carry on as normal yes. but with friends you can talk to them you tell friends I'm so this sounds really again I'm so pleased but mum and dad weren't around so they mm. didn't have to live through this I'd lost my parents to cancer one my mother to ovarian my father to prostate cancer so I'm really pleased they weren't around I oh. felt for my sister who obviously had said no she was like I've lost two parents I'm not losing you as well and I would say no no I'm not you know, no one's going to lose me. You can't tell the children, so you have to. Obviously, oh. you, you don't expose the children to any of this no. at all. Um, you've got their best interests at heart, so you don't tell them. Um, but I was, you know, as I say, I have faith. So prayer was really important, that time to sort of meditate for one yeah. and just to take yourself away from the situation and offer it up and put it into somebody else's hands, mm. um, a higher power. Valentina, how did you get through the nights? Because I often find that if I go through a time that's so terrifying, 
it's when I lay in my bed at night yeah. and there is no noise and there is no busyness and there is no nothing. And when these fearful thoughts hit me, I mean, yeah. what did you do? Did you sedate yourself? Did you take hardcore pills? Like, what did you do at this point in time to get through the nights? I prayed the rosary because I'm Catholic mm. and I have faith. And I've, I found, for me personally, I know it doesn't work for everybody, but the repetitiveness of praying the rosary, one prayer after another, eventually calms you. It's, it has a very, very oh, calming effect. So, yes, I would wake at three, often three in the morning. Mm. Well, that's when they said between three and four is the time of the devil, right? Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. I had no idea about that. But for me, I would just, I would get up and i pray the rosary and i feel calmer. Because I think it, in praying the prayers, it takes away any of the thoughts that might be going through yeah. your head. And it's, it's really, it's very, very, it's very relaxing. And I guess you have to, if you choose what you chose which was the path of fighting you have to keep yourself on that path and it's easy to slip off it's easy to have a moment of doubt or questioning or fear of course because it's a natural instinct but to stay on your path you have to use tools to keep on that so the other thing that happened was I belonged to a, a really really lovely parish I've got a lot of support through friends and I got a whatsapp group together and um, they would send positive sort of messages and um, positive messages mm. and um, memes. Mm. So I was almost, if I had days or moments where mm. I was weak, mm. um, I was being lifted by the love and support of my friends so and my community. And that was yeah. really, I'm really grateful. People don't understand, will never understand how supportive they were. Oh, that's so wonderful. And, um, well, that, I mean, it's could be anything you know it could be any sort of form of community that you've got around you just you have to have a support system in that moment yeah absolutely so and what what then happened when you got your results the week later okay so um again my um my consultant was abroad so we had a skype um, to get the, the results, we had a Skype. And I'd had a PET scan. A PET scan is when they look at your whole system and they um, see if there's any other tumours mm. elsewhere. And um, he Skyped us, Richard and I, and he said, I'm afraid that the pathology showed that your tumour is on the benign end of a malignant scale those were his exact words Mm. so Richard was really it's benign it's benign and he kept saying no it's not benign it's Mm. at the benign end of a malignant scale right so that was another light that was another blow and he said the PET scan had shown uptake so that's when um that's when the cells take up sugar. They give you a glucose solution mm. and the cancerous cells um, take, you know, sort of take that up. And then when you put through the scan, you can see, they can see where, where there's tumours. Right. And it had shown uptake, which would indicate, again, that it was a malignant tumour. But mm. thankfully, there didn't appear to be any other tumours elsewhere. So, um, and did you have private health care? I did, and I'm so grateful that we had NHS because I could, yeah, no, absolutely. Because actually, um, I did start an NHS um, referral and I was still waiting for my CT scan by the time I'd had my surgery privately. Wow, 
gosh. Save those pennies. So Try and keep so your Booper membership. It's hard. It's expensive. But my gosh, in times like this. I'm so grateful for that Booper membership oh. to have that private health care. Because as soon as I knew what type of tumour they were dealing with, and it was a neuroendocrine tumour of the lung, mm. also known as a carcinoid tumour, then I was referred to a surgeon and within another week I was operated. Wow. But tell us about the things that you did just on your own yeah. after researching. Obviously you spent, yep. if you're given a horrible diagnosis like that, you do go away yep. and you do want to heal yourself and you do want to use all the tools you can possibly find. So, yep. What did you do at home? So I'd read a book by, a, and I recommend this to anyone who's been diagnosed with cancer, a book by a lady called Sophie Savage who wrote a book called The Cancer Whisperer and she talked oh, wow. she's a huge really inspiring lady and um survivor of cancer herself so, yes her story her story is absolutely incredible I, I I wouldn't do her justice if I tried to but she was stage four with Mets in her brain and diagnosed with a lung tumor I don't know which type but with Mets to her brain so stage four and she turned her turned her situation around through diet and alternative therapies wow. and also through positive mental attitude yeah. and wow so I had read her book Incredible. when my mum was diagnosed right um three years ago so when my mum was first diagnosed I'd read her book I'd asked my mum to read it um I don't think my mother unfortunately um some people choose to go down the conventional route and and my mother very much chose that route yes and um, so I'd read her book and I understood about, I knew also through my own story and my own journey with endometriosis that um, how important diet and alternative therapies were and they'd made a difference already in my life. Mm. So I, I thought, you know, if it's worked with the endo, yes. then maybe, just maybe, it can also work with this tumour yes. that I currently still had because it hadn't been removed. I'd, I'd only had a biopsy and I yes. thought, if I can... If I can maybe change what's there or do something to change and this is just my opinion and mm. through what I've read and so I stopped my HRT okay. immediately and I decided with consulting with nutritionists I stress I did not do this mm. alone yeah. um, but with nutritionists mm. I um, started to take some supplements which mm. ones well I, I can okay I took um, berberine which apparently is, is very good for lowering sugar levels, but I stopped anything with sugar in anyhow. Even fruit? I reduced the amount of fruit drastically. So mainly I would just have blueberries or blackberries in the morning um, and all dairy products, including eggs. So You stopped everything sugar, everything, everything sugar, dairy. Everything dairy. Did you have an apple a day? I did not even at that time. I do now, but at that time, not even. It was and did you? What green. about meat? So again, in those two week, in that mm. week leading up to surgery, no, it was vegan. It was you were vegan, vegan, plant based, vegan, dairy free, no grains, zero no grains. grains. So, so you were so basically you really fill up. So you were eating vegetables, vegetables. some fruits, but, I, you but know, mainly I'm vegetables. Quite healthy anyway. I yeah. have lived a really healthy, so I didn't. I don't feel. Does that make sense? And were you juicing? Did you do the celery no, juice? Actually, I no, didn't, but I've heard obviously yeah. juicing was 
was offered to me, but I yes. didn't. I just ate mainly because Jason Vale is a big advocate yes. for healing cancer yes. through juicing. Yeah. But let me just understand, yeah. Valentina. So just vegetables, just vegetables and some fish. Did you take olive oil? Did you take pink salt? Did you take lemon juice? Yep, all of those things. Basically, if God made it, I ate it. And if a plant made, as in as in a factory, then no, I didn't. So you cut out nuts. Yes, nuts. All processed foods out, basically. I've always used organic, so I've never. So that remains. So it was kind of paleo esque, but without the grains. Yeah, no grains. No grains. Paleo allows you to have meat, but I have no meat. Right. Fish, mainly sea bass, yes. um, but not every day. Yeah, really. So, and I also had beans, and um, what kind and of beans? seeds, pulses, and things. Yeah, all things, kidney beans. Yeah, green beans, all of those beans, cannellini, absolutely, but not too many. Not again, really. Most of my so diet you were was mainly very green. clean, very, very clean. clean. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, what happened after you'd followed this um, very strict so regime? It was, for, it was only for a very, very short yeah. time. Two and weeks. Before the surgery, from the moment I was diagnosed, I knew I had to do something. So how long, roughly? About two weeks. About probably, two weeks. Maybe slightly longer. Yeah. And I went into surgery feeling really strong, actually. Really, you know, really... Like, ready. Ready, yeah. absolutely. Like, let's just get this thing out mm. and then I can start to heal. I mean, I already feel your positivity. Yeah, no, me too. Absolutely. I just, it's, so how, yeah. How, how, so, so you surgery went into hospital. Was yeah, so I went inside a great team. That I can't, I really cannot thank the Harley Street Clinic and all the staff there. They were amazing. My surgeon was absolutely incredible. In fact, he sat me down. He said, look, I think we're going to have to remove the entire lung. And I'd accepted that that might have to happen anyway. He said, if I can, I would try and save a sliver and we might be able to reconnect it but I'm not making any promises. I well, how, didn't know this what, at the with time. No, how, what, with mm. one lung or with two lungs? No, you right have lung one lung. fine. Your but right... with the left lung where yeah. the tumour was, because of the position of the tumour, he was explaining that I probably wouldn't be able to save any of the lung at all. <sighs> and, and just to clarify, Valentina had this surgery in October, which was four or five months ago, and she's sitting in the kitchen looking unbelievably fresh beautiful glowing hair is shiny smiling i mean it's it's mind-blowing but that's what it is it is it is absolutely remarkable so he came up to your room on the day of the surgery he came up and said he would do his best but he could not guarantee that he could save the lung and i was obviously concerned that um what that would mean for my life again another life mm. what will it mean to live so now I'm processing something else that I might be left with one lung and I'd worked with somebody who had impaired lung function mm. who used to carry an oxygen canister around wow. oh gosh so again I was thinking okay oh. is that going to be me am I always going to have to wheel a little oxygen canister around and he said don't worry about that now you just need to get through the surgery I will do my utmost mm. I will do my utmost to try and save just a small part of your lungs so that we can, re, mm. you know, in time it would, would expand. Mm. So, again, I prayed and I said, you know. How long after that did you actually go into surgery? Oh, immediately. That, like, so you signed a disclaimer. Later. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So, but I, I went in and I know, do you know, I was How really calm. Feel? I was so calm. I, I, was I, calm I think I just want this. to be put out and not even hear anything. <laughs> I just do you know who I, I think this was hardest for? Yeah. Richard. Your husband. Oh. Richard. Yeah. I could, the look, I will never forget the look on his face as he sat oh, next dear. to me. 
that was really hard for him. Oh. So the children were oblivious because yeah. we didn't really tell them the enormity of what I was about to go through. Yeah. We protected them from that. But my friends and Richard, who sat next to me, I, you know, that day. Before you were wheeled before down. My, before I was taken down. Did he come down with you? He came down as far as he was allowed and then he, we oh. waved goodbye. And you talk about if you might not. Now, I did not know this at the time, and it's probably just as well, but my grandmother had the same surgery in 1977, so when I was five, and she died 10 days later from the surgery. She also had a lung tumour. Oh, my God. So I did not... I was was always under the the impression that she died from cancer, but actually my aunt told me, no, it was the surgery that she didn't survive. Did Rachel know this? But it was the 70s. None of us knew this, and I think if we had... I'm happy you didn't. Yeah, you'd have been terrified. But I was entering, I was staying calm, and I was staying positive, and I kept thinking, I've got, you know, I've got people praying for me. My mum's in heaven. My dad's in heaven. Yeah, they're going to take care of me. Yeah, I did. I really felt their presence. So you went very calm into your general <sighs> anaesthetic? Yes. And how long were you under for? Oh, that I went into... So the surgery was over six hours, six, seven hours. But again, I, oh when I had my endometriosis gosh. surgery and my hysterectomy and all the work um, then, that had been seven hours. So I wasn't... Wow. You know, this wasn't new to me. What was new, and I didn't realise this, is that obviously... Um, oh, I went into ICU gosh. and I had to go into intensive care um, after the straight surgery, after. straight after, for, uh, for just yeah. over 24 hours. Because oh, an ICU just means that when <laughs> ICU is just when you have a nurse on a one-to-one, making sure that your, your vital stats are, uh, are stable, basically. And that was a surreal experience because I've never been in ICU before. So that in itself, oh, again, is... Terrifying. Okay, I mean, you're almost tripping because you're on yeah. so many drugs and, and you don't know what time it is, oh. if it's day, night. But did you still feel very relaxed at this point in time? I was so out of it. <laughs> yeah, you were sedated, really, thank really God. Because actually, on morphine. the enormity of that would have been pretty overpowering. And I, to, all I remember is yeah. they allowed Richard to come in and see me and I think I said, I need my phone. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I remember receiving a text message from you. Yeah. Of all, honestly, that was really... Yeah. That, and I was thinking, am I... <laughs> Am I dreaming? Is this really? Because I thought that was so sweet. No, oh, and you really darling. do at times so, like this find out who cares. Oh and gosh, you do. I mean, that's. And I was a... actually really touched because no. we're close, but we're yeah. not. You know, so it was really touching to see that message. But yeah, I was yeah, completely I was so out of it, and thank God, really, because yes. yes. Got drains your, coming out. Does your yeah. obstetrician? Okay, with the news. When does the surgeon come and tell you? So they, so they, yeah, he came immediately. They come immediately and they tell you. And he said, we got all the tumour out and we took away and we sent, they sent it away to look at margins. So he said, and I've left a sliver of lung in. And his exact words were, I'm so impressed at my own skills. <laughs> he said, I really didn't think we'd be able to do that because of the position. He said, but I'm good. Oh, yeah, that's and amazing. And we laughed. We had a little positive. giggle. And yeah. I said, oh, no, I've got people praying. And he said, no, this is skill, not yeah. prayer. But we were both. Yeah. But so he was we positive at this point in time. He was amazing. Yeah. He was wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, both, um, so my surgeon was David Lawrence and my um, respiratory consultant was Neil Navani and they were both, they're an amazing team, really, mm. really good team, both of them really positive. But what's interesting is, um, so the next day, the um, oncologist, so in Harley Street, there's a, you know, the oncology nurses start to come in to talk yeah. to you because they're 
starting to prepare you for this journey in inverted yeah. commas and I kept saying no I'm not going on any journey I'm going to be fine yeah and they and I you know again they were wonderful because they're there to to sort of help support you but I kept saying I'm not having chemotherapy even if this is malignant I'm not having chemotherapy and there was you know there was a well you might change your mind and I kept saying yeah. no I knew I knew I wow. was not going down yeah. that route I watched chemo kill my mum I'd grown up in a household where my dad always had, although he was a breast cancer surgeon, always had reservations about which types of tumours and yeah. cancers respond to chemo and which maybe don't. So, And also my yeah. own sort of experience yeah. working in an oncology clinic where we only saw stage four people who chemo hadn't worked for. So, mm. um, so you'd made that decision? I'd made that decision. I'd made that decision as soon as he turned the screen around and said, I think this is a malignant tumour, and I, and I knew that I was not going to have any form of chemotherapy or radiation. I would do this all naturally. Mm. Wow. Wow. So they were sending nurses in. So day one, when they eventually moved me up, and um, they would send the oncology nurses around to have a chat with me and prepare me. And they were lovely, really, really lovely, but I was adamant I would not mm. be doing I would not be going down that route. So the, had it been... Uh, chemo that they had suggested to you how soon you would have had to wait for the results right of yes. the yeah so the right. results so the the then obviously I spent five days in hospital my healing um journey they were amazed at they were mm. saying it was quite incredible and I think again that was the diet I got into yeah. hospital and they would say you need some carbs you need yeah. some pro you know and I'm saying no I just want veg so did you bring your well, own um food no, in no the Harley Street clinic oh right okay it's okay the food I'd maybe been yeah. in the NHS yeah. it would have been a different story yeah. but they were steam greens with steam oil greens and I had white fish and they would mm. say you need some bread you need some potatoes you need something yeah. some form of carbohydrate and I was saying no I don't I yeah. really really don't I knew what I knew what my body needed you know yeah. instinctively you you know you just know absolutely so, you know, so ginger tea and anything really light and they were amazed and they said wow. you're healing and I have to say I, as I've had seven so much surgery in the past and this was by far the easiest journey as in this was really? the fastest recovery time gosh how amazing and it was the most drastic surgery i've ever had so i attribute that to the diet yeah okay interesting isn't that, isn't yeah. that extraordinary yeah. and so valentina when did the results come back so the results came two weeks after and they said um that and by this time were they going to give you chemotherapy should you have started chemotherapy no, or what was the uh, agreement until you know what type of cancer it is as in what type of tumor it is and what they wouldn't you know but they were still they'd made me an appointment as i say to start mm. because they were absolutely adamant that it was going to be malignant. And mm. I, as I say, I'd been booked in with an oncology um, mm. psychologist, you know, someone mm. who deals with... And I was saying, I'm not going to need any of this. It's mm. going to be fine. <laughs> so... Wow. And the results came through and we sat down with Mr Lawrence and he said, your tumour is benign. <gasps> Did you burst into tears? Yeah. Oh, oh my God, yeah. Valentina. Yeah, but... Oh. They still needed to repeat the PET scan because yeah. he said a castle, it's a very, you know, it's a grey area. So they needed to do another PET scan with a different type of, um, oh, what's it called, contrast agent, because he said there might be other 
small tumours elsewhere. Right. And we don't know that these aren't malignant. So off I went for yet oh, another gosh. PET scan and another week of waiting for the results. Yeah. And that's all fine. Also found gosh, that out last week. Amazing. Oh, so there's we no... We found out last week. Last week. Just oh. last week. Congratulations. This is the best story yes. ever. It's the best story. And I will be, I, as I say, I'll be seen again in three months, then in six months, yeah. then in a year. I'm, you know, I'm more at risk than, say, other people. But yeah. on the whole, it's a really, really good result. Oh, I'm and so I'm thrilled for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. What would be your... Three best uh, pieces of advice to give to anyone actually just really wanting to protect their body against sickness. Or if you've I, been diagnosed. I was about to yes. say, the first yeah. piece of advice I would give is, and I've said this before with my endometriosis, mm. don't be fobbed off. If you know your body and you do not feel well, and the GP keeps telling you it's anxiety, oh, then go and get a second opinion or even yeah. a third opinion. Yeah. Okay, because I dread to think if I hadn't gone for another opinion, where I would be today. Yeah. Because as women, we're often made out to be hysterical, neurotic, mm. Mm. attention-seeking. But actually, mm. I think we know our own bodies. Yeah. I love that you say that. You guys out there, listen and listen good. If you don't feel well and you know your body better than anybody else, don't accept a diagnosis of being a hysterical anxious woman well I think a lot is blamed on anxiety we had this conversation earlier that you know women are diagnosed with anxiety quite frequently and we're prescribed antidepressants and things yeah. and and quite often people start taking them and then they find that they're in this cycle then this trap where they can't get off because once they've started medicating themselves they're then fearful of what's going to happen on the other side yeah. And there are alternatives. And that's the next point, yeah. is that um, sometimes I believe that Mother Nature has given us a lot of, um, a lot of stuff, food, that we mm. can tap into and that we can use to heal ourselves. And it isn't easy. It's not a magic bullet. 
Mm. You have to work at it. You know, you really, and I, I certainly, some of, the, some of it I've educated myself and I've learned and I've read books, um, but I've also tapped into individuals like nutritionists who have directed me, with, especially with regards to herbal supplements. Mm. So when I said I took this, I, I did that all with advice. I would never, I ever think walk into what, a health What we'll shop. do is we'll, we'll make a list with you and when our podcast goes live... We'll share all the supplements in a list on our Instagram for people to screenshot. Just so that... Be a I mean, bit worried I, about that because I think... I'll, I'll tell you why. Mm. So very individual Because well. it's very, very individual. Okay. And I had so a very So maybe just the more general ones. Just the more health and... Yeah. You know, because it's interesting that we, we're... A, I take a, a, a one supplement which has everything in it, but sometimes if you're going to see a nutritionist, and that's probably quite a good thing to do as well. You know, there's a great well. website. If people want to, I would never, ever, I, I just wouldn't want to recommend any supplement. Okay. But there is a website called Cancer Active, and on mm -hmm. there you can read about every single supplement that cancer, that is meant to, that is designed for Okay, well, we'll cancer. link that yeah website for you and then, and then you can, can have read. a read but yourself. I would always recommend going, going to, to see someone yeah. absolutely who's qualified yeah but I think it's very interesting what you said if it isn't made by God it's not for me and it just made me think immediately about um what an interesting comment that actually is how whole foods nuts mm. fish how everything in its whole, even 200 years ago, you had means of cooking, of steaming, of grilling, of mm. building fires. of, mm. and, and it's actually very interesting how, if you really think about how it's come and how it's prepared, it's, it's quite simple. If it's made by God, it's probably really good for your body. And I really, you know, I very much am all for alternative uh remedies, therapies, treatments, et cetera, et cetera. I had um, two large surgeries last year. And after my first surgery, I was only supposed to be in hospital for one day. I ended up being there for five days because I had a complete poisoning because I'd had a combination of morphine, um, tramadol, codeine, and all kinds of medicines that my body actually doesn't agree with in any shape or form and I had to have another surgery which I had four months later and I was again under for three and a half hours quite major surgery but funnily enough I decided I made a decision that I was not going to take anything stronger than a paracetamol simply because I don't take very much medicine and it's if I have a really 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 bad headache or a really really bad pain somewhere I might just take a paracetamol uh, but I, my, my body can't tolerate anything stronger than that. And funnily enough, this time round, I was in hospital. I asked for, 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 for min I didn't want any drugs when I, when I woke up from my general anesthetic. And I came in this time at 7 a.m. in the morning. I was home by 7 p.m. that evening. I took paracetamol for the first 24 hours then I didn't take anything mm. and my recovery was unbelievable yeah. and I do think that it's very very difficult for the body actually to process and eliminate there's what a lot of these yeah, chemicals are made of about being in control of your pain as well I think there's there's definitely something in that you know it, to carry on and you know there's also someone who says that a handful of blueberries has as much of that pain relief in mm. them as taking an ibuprofen and it just makes me think of my wonderful godmother who's one of the most beautiful 75 year olds you'll ever see and she will be the first one to say that about 10 12 years ago she 
um, was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And, um, and it's a very interesting conversation of, you know, she had gone through menopause, she'd been taking hormones, she had experienced um, some personal things that were uh, upsetting at the time. And to have that conversation about hormones, going through a, a time that could be difficult, whether that could in fact be a trigger also mm. of these cancers in the body. And I do think it's a really, really interesting conversation. And, you know, she today has fortunately recovered stage mm. four breast cancer. And not only has she recovered, she's in better shape than she's ever been. Mm. She's more energy than she's ever had. And she really made also very conscious decisions about diet mm. and about what she wanted to have in her life and what she didn't mm. want to have in her life. Yeah. And I do think that it can be a saving grace for a lot of people. Yeah. Of the biggest wake up call of your entire life. No, but I think there's a lot in the being in control of the situation you're in. And I think a lot of, um, I don't know many people who've had cancer, fortunately, but I think a lot of the chemotherapy fear is that you're then handing your path to somebody else and you're letting go, yeah. you're submissing or being submissive into the medication rather than you I felt owning I it. I needed to be in control of this yeah. whole process. I'm a control freak anyway. <laughs> so there yeah. was no way. And I'd watch, I'd just seen what it had done to my mum and I, I saw how she lost control. I mean, I, I, for some people, obviously, it's a choice they want to make and there's no judgment, there's no right, there's no wrong. No, and I, some people survive uh, yeah. cancer through chemo yes, and it's a gift do. and... Yeah. You know, there's there's an argument for both things, but there's, there is an it. alternative. I think you have to believe in it. Some yeah. people really, really, you know, they've put their faith in that and, yeah. and, in, the, and in the treatment plan and in mm. the protocol. Because of my experience mm. with what I'd seen my mother go through and my father go through, I you just, couldn't I'd do lost it. faith. I'd yeah. lost faith in, in chemo and um, and the whole cancer industry. To well, be, then you to be you honest. become so, so sick, don't you, when you're going through chemo? Yeah, you, I, it has saved. Yeah. I'm sure it saved a lot of lives. I'm sure it saved so a lot of lives, but it's, it's terrible. It's a terrifying just, journey. I'm that pleased you, I wasn't yeah. faced with that in the end, yeah. really. But um, yeah, I have a question for you, Valentina, because there are a lot of people that say that the food of cancer is sugar. Uh, or, and or, processed or, or acid yeah. rather and mm -hmm. everything that turns acidic uh, meat once it starts becoming digested turns acid caffeine becomes acid sugars mm -hmm. become acid alcohol becomes acid mm -hmm. but then uh, on the other hand uh, I'm a big fan of the medical medium and the medical medium swears by healing through 50 life-changing foods, where the majority of these are actually fruits and very sweet fruits. The fruits have to be very ripe, um, raw honey, lots of dates, mm. lots of dried apricots. So actually, it's a really, really high uh, natural sugar content. And he believes that every part of our brain actually needs this good sugar in order to function properly. But I'd be really interested to ask you um, about your opinion on fruit sugar, on sugar from dates, on sugars from honeys, maple syrups. I'm going to be very honest with you. I don't know. I really wouldn't. I'm not mm. an expert in this field. I haven't read his book, so I wouldn't want to comment at all. But I've been, um, I've always it, through my work in the oncology clinic, and as I say, I'm not in a medical capacity in any shape or form, I've always been led to believe that sugar, that cancer feeds on sugar in yeah. any shape or form. Really? So 
For me, I made a decision to stay, to just avoid it as much as possible. I do have fruit. I absolutely do have fruit, but yeah, but the low. But you you keep the fruit. I think it's moderation. Down. Yeah, absolutely. I think in moderation. And um, you know, a lot of people say if you balance the fruit with something yeah. alkaline, with yogurt or something that's going to take. I, I made again. I made a choice not to mm. have any dairy. Oh, you're not having all. dairy. No. So you could have soy yogurt. Well, I tend to have. Well, I say oats, just some blueberries oats, in the morning. Oats. With some Can hair. you have oat yogurt? Because there's different... No. I'm not having any You're not having anything at all. at all. I'm literally on... You're having yeah, whole... Absolutely, whole foods. Food. So nothing that's been processed really? in any shape or form wow. at all. Can I ask you, where do you buy your fish? Um, fishmonger mm. here in Chelsea. Chelsea Green? <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so well, do you eat fish most days? I eat fish about two or three times a week, yeah. maybe four sometimes. And other yeah. than that, it's vegetables. And, and other than that, it's yeah. mostly vegan food. Vegan. Yeah, okay. What about... What about pastas now? You are with Italian origins. What do you have as a substitute? Because how can you not have pasta and pizza? It's fine. Do you know, I don't miss any of it. I genuinely you've got your life. don't I guess when you've been anything. given your I, life, I, I, you, my it's body not, doesn't seem to yeah. crave it either yeah. at all. So. so what about making a zucchini spaghetti? Have you tried that? No, because I'm not having any pasta. No, no, oh, no, but zucchini, yeah, 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 where yeah, you literally absolutely. make spaghetti out of yeah. courgettes. And there's another fantastic recipe, which is... Do you have any dairy at all? No. Would you have goat cheese or no, sheep cheese? I used to. Prior to me being diagnosed with this, I would absolutely gluten-free anything and also any dairy. I would have organic dairy, but not now. Not since mm, my diagnosis. And I, I, Not even cheap. Nothing. I used to. That's really what really I used cheap. to. So prior to my diagnosis, I would eat buffalo and you and goat's cheese. Right. right. Then this happened... And it's not, gone. At all. not at wow. all. Not for me. So almond milk, cashew milk. Almond milk, absolutely. Almond milk, and that's it for oat me. Oat milk, I don't, no. I don't really like oat milk. I yeah. prefer almond milk, okay. but I'm sure it's absolutely Yeah. Good. So I have a really, really, really oh, sweet tooth. When you really need something that is super sweet, what do you go for? Dark chocolate. Yeah. Really, really dark chocolate. And you find that a small amount will satisfy. Yeah. That's it. Oh, you're very disciplined. Oh, Were you ever a coffee drinker? You have to be, yes, of course. and I've had to give yeah. that up. And I'm, look at me, ginger tea in the morning. Yeah. No coffee at all? And, no. Not even for a special treat? No. no. And tell me your voice. So you're obviously the struggling is, a little yeah. bit this morning because so that's of the surgery. the hardest part yeah. to accept, if I'm really yeah. honest, because, um, yeah, because it's hard. Yes. The voice is going to take some time. And it's tiring, It's tiring, I imagine. it's exhausting. Yes. I'm probably going to have to learn how to re, um, to, to sort of reproject my voice and speak yes. all over again. I will, at some point, see a speech therapist and yes. try and work to, um, yeah, to sort of get to... To better that, but yeah. that's been the hardest part. I mean, it's you're you're doing such an amazing job. I mean, you sound perfectly. Oh. Do you reward yourself with a glass of red wine? No, I, I so I gave up wine a long time ago, oh. but I did like the occasional gin and tonic, very very occasional gin and tonic, and I've had one since my diagnosis, one or two. Wow. That's it. Really. Do you know, I think when you're I've given just, the chance to live and thrive, you don't even want to have that factor of no. fear or doubt. That glass of wine will not be a glass of wine anymore. You'll look at it and think it might harm me. Yeah, up until so last week, I did not know. I literally only have found out this recently that mm. I didn't have any tumours anywhere else. So I was being very, very disciplined mm. because I didn't know what else lay in store for me. Now that I've got the all clear, mm. 
I will probably relax a little bit and allow certain foods to come but back into my diet. It must be the fear factor slightly as well, but because I, you've kept yourself this well. Yeah, but I've also I've watched a lot of documentaries, mm. I've read a lot of books, and I understand the importance of staying away from anything that is processed, mm. really. For, for me, because this has happened to me, mm. I think if you're healthy, there's probably no reason. But my yeah. body, for the last, I don't know, however many years, 30 years, has been mm. saying, hey... We don't like yeah. this. And I think the warning signs were there with the firstly with the polycystic ovaries, then yeah. with the endometriosis. These are all inflammatory conditions. Yeah. yeah. So my body was saying to me, wake up. Yes, it's the inflammatory there was body no balance. thing. Again, yeah. this keeps coming up. The inflammation in the body is what is the root cause of all the underlying yes. health issues that people have these days. Yeah. And inflammation in the body yes. is caused by processed foods and sugars mm-hmm. and anything that isn't paleo or whole or exactly yeah yeah. and so i will probably move on to more of a paleo diet i Mm. might reintroduce chicken i don't Mm. i haven't eaten red meat for a long time actually because the endometriosis i might reintroduce organic chicken Mm. and um uh, but you're you're happy you're healthy yeah i'm really happy did you you ever tell did you ever tell your children we told the children in fact um that was another thing that somebody said to me a friend another friend of mine is um how old are your children so my children are 16 and 13 and someone said to me i can't imagine going through what you're going through and maybe having to sort of thinking about not being there for the kids i can't that's what and i said you know what i prayed about that and i distinctly remember this feeling of almost god saying to me i then my children they're not your mm. children they're my children and i've i've lent I've them, to, them you, to you I've given them to you and if i call you home i will take care of them mm. and i i remember that for me i felt so at peace with that that they would be okay and and that was that's how i got through that that's what got me through so yes, they know. Oh, you're so brave. No, I'm not. I'm not brave you in are. the slightest. At all. No, I'm not. I'm really, really not. You're very, very brave. Yeah. You really are. You really and they are. were very calm throughout this whole yeah. process. They oh. really, really were very Sets mature me. about it. Mm. Sorry, it puts I'm life in perspective, right darling, in such a yeah. big way. I mean, when I when I was told we're about Valentina, yeah. it's also, it gave me such such um, a completely new um, also thoughts because can you imagine my mom was 36 years old and my sister was seven and I was 11 and she wrote four goodbye letters one to her mother one to my father and one to her two best friends because she knew and can you imagine that feeling and that's why I just loved the moment that Valentina found out yeah. and the decision that she made, I think for my mother and at that time, you know, in the 80s, we didn't know about nutrition, what we know today. We didn't, we weren't as conscious about the power of the mind, about yeah. the fact that we actually sometimes do have the power to choose. And so, you know, I think if my mother had been diagnosed today, things yes. would have been very, very different. But I just loved Valentina's attitude from the beginning because she was she was going to do, she was actually going to take her life into yeah. her hands and she was going to literally decide its course. Yeah. And, and that's I think, what I find so yeah. admirable because so you I. know what? I totally empathize with the fact that to be given such a God-forsaken, horrific diagnosis and how easy it is to let your fear 
drown you mm. and for you literally it, it's too big it's too much to but deal with I think with. to have hope in the face and I think of... that her journey is just yeah. so remarkable and so inspirational yeah. For everyone, and my God, I commend you, and I admire you, so and I. I think you are so incredible, <laughs> oh. and you're as beautiful as ever. Thank you. I mean, I, I think that's a, that's a really what the message that we wanted to give our lovely listeners was in the face of death. You know, there is still hope, and and you are the master of your journey, and you can deal with your journey in the way that you want to deal with it. And for you, it was power of the mind. Going, turning to God, yeah. looking after yourself, using every single tool yeah. you could get your hands on yeah. to not give in yeah. and stay in control, not giving anybody any power over you, yeah. you remaining in control and you fighting it out and you're sitting here and sharing this journey and it's so inspirational and it's it's a gift. You know, even, you know, for, hopefully this would never happen to anybody yeah. we know and love and us and whoever, but if it does happen... I'm going to think about this moment mm -hmm. and remember that there's an alternative and that there's a bigger picture and that there are options. Exactly. And I think on top of that is trust your gut. Yeah. Valentina did, knew that there was something wrong. This was just not good enough. Being yeah. told that I'm an anxious, uh, neurotic, hysterical woman uh, who's suffering from bereavement. Quite on the contrary, let your gut tell you, no, no, this is not the case. And Valentina, fortunately went for a second and third opinion and finally was diagnosed with what the big problem was. Because if you think that something is not right, it's probably not right. Yeah. And another thing I would highly recommend for all our lovely listeners to buy is the um, book that Caroline's just shared with us. It is um, The Medical Medium, Life-Changing Foods, and it's written by Anthony William. And this really is a gift in itself, this book. And Save Anthony yourself. William is, in fact, The Medical Medium. Right. And he started off, his first book, Medical Medium, is unbelievable. His second book was um, the, th the thyroid book. Mm. Then he's done a liver book in this uh, sorry, his liver book is his newest book. I think The Life-Changing Foods was his third book. Right. It's incredible. Um, I think it's a gift. I think it's worth reading just to, you know, give yourself options and, and tools. The you Cancer know? Whisperer by Sophie Savage. Really, yes. really hugely inspirational. So we'll link that book as yeah, well. Book. And um, for anybody suffering and with a diagnosis or with cancer or have been diagnosed with cancer and recovered, you know, these are such inspirational ways yeah. to, to get through the those internet is a yeah. with sites that will help just use those tools use them, yeah absolutely. and use and use tools. your friends and your support network yeah. and and, and really but as yeah. he says what he does in his book is he, he teaches everyone to unleash the hidden powers of fruits and vegetables and transform your life in the process um he gives you specific factors behind the rise of illness and how to protect yourself and your family. And he advises you through these foods uh, how to use foods to repair your DNA, to boost your immune system, to improve your mental clarity, to alkalize your body system, and to shield you from other people's negative emotions. Um, and he also shows you how to prepare these fruits and vegetables, herbs and spices and wild foods so that they can become as healing as possible for you. So this is... Definitely a book to get your hands on. I think so. I think this is a book to be shared with all your loved ones. And Valentina, thank you so much for sharing your incredible journey thank with you, us. Valentina. 
you are amazing um, and you're and remarkable. I'm not sure about that. Let's and you just, give such hope. Yes, and we'll pray every day that Thank you're you. still going to be in fine, fit and healthy shape Thank for you. a very, very long time. Thank you so much. And so nice all our listeners who are suffering, sending you best wishes and speedy recoveries and positive vibes. Um, lots of love to everyone. Bye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.